Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington. Co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael is out of town and couldn't be here today, but I have one guest and we're going to carry on fine without her. Melissa Krieger-Fox is here. She's director of Monroe County's Recycling and Reuse Office. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And you know, my memory my memory is uh, incredibly short. And I just ask you about being president of a state organization. You are the president of the Indiana Recycling Coalition. That's correct. Okay, so that's for uh, all of our listeners out there. Who we have many, many, many listeners who are not in Monroe County. So this is a statewide issue. It's actually a national international issue. Uh, so if anyone from outside of Monroe County has questions about recycling or reuse, um, Melissa is also very involved in the state and she can answer your questions and talk about that issue with you as well. Great. So please uh, feel free to, to give us a call or send us an email. Um, we're going to talk first about Earth Day. I yes. want, want to know, uh, you know, the, it's always funny every spring at the newspaper, we try to decide when is Earth Day. And I think April 22nd was the original, right? That's correct. Okay, so Every year it's April 22nd. Okay. And so are there local or county um, celebrations planned for that day or any other day? Um, actually, uh, Earth Day originally started as a day and then went into Earth Week. And now uh, it seems that the month of April is really more like Earth Month. There are lots of different celebrations going on. Um, at the district, we have three in particular that we do. Um, well, two every year. Uh, one is the past several years we do give away tree seedlings, and uh, we will be giving away free tree seedlings um, through Saturday at the main recycling center on South Walnut Street um, during regular operating hours from 8 to 4. And um, that's really nice. It's a partnership with the Indian Division of Forestry and is honor of Earth Day and Arbor Day. And it's one tree seedling per family uh, while supplies last. And so that's one thing that we do. We try and encourage people to plant trees. Uh, trees give off oxygen and uh, make your yard look nice and have a lot of other environmental benefits. And also it's nice to replenish the trees that, you know, we cut down for to use for other resources. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things going on is there is an Inperg Earth Day celebration today at Dunn Meadow um, starting at 4, and that's going to go to probably around, it says till 7, but probably till more like 8 or 9, and there's going to be some different education activities, um, some different speakers, food, games, live music, and uh, that should be a really good time. So uh, for all of the folks out and about on campus for Little Five this weekend, uh, stop by Dunn Meadow and that would be a good time um, for students to come and kind of kick off the Earth Day celebration. And then two things next weekend um, that are going on, April 28th. Uh, the Solid Waste District is hosting a free electronics recycling day um, at our Ellettsville location from 12 noon to 6 p.m. So if anybody has old computers, monitors, keyboards, DVD players, copiers, uh, printers, anything like that sitting around. We will be doing a one-day free collection, and that's in partnership with a group called Virtual Scavengers Project. And um, they have been around since 1998, and what they do is they are a nonprofit uh, computer basically remanufacturer and recycler. And uh, they work with other nonprofit groups um, to try and educate folks about um, making, helping people become literate on computers. They go to needy families. Um, and it also helps to keep these electronics out of the landfill. Um, there's a lot of hazards in electronics that people don't realize. Is this a national group? Um, well, no, they are a statewide okay. organization. They are uh, they are located in Indianapolis, but they have a couple different hubs around the state. Okay. And they're doing several collections, and one of which is in uh, okay. Monroe County. Yeah. Okay. And then the big Earth Day celebration is up in Indianapolis, April 28th. And Earth Day Indiana is the group uh, that puts that on. Okay. We'll follow up on a, a lot of those things, but we already have a phone call. Great. So let's go to Margaret. Margaret? Hi. Hi. Um, hello? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how can we recycle the number five plastic that a lot of, um, a lot of food from grocery stores comes into? Well, that, Margaret, that's a really good question. Um, right now, there are really two ways that you can do that. Uh, one is... Um, Hoosier Disposal and Recycling has recently launched a residential curbside program. And Hoosier is taking one through seven plastics. 
And also, if you get the city curbside service, they are now taking one through seven plastics. Unfortunately, the district is still only taking one and two plastic bottles for now. Um, We are working on trying to develop the infrastructure to handle the other plastics, but um, I don't know if you've visited any of our facilities, but there is a space issue and also um, a transportation issue. And so we're trying to figure out um, how we can accommodate the influx of plastics when we start collecting one through sevens. Okay, so uh, if, if we put them out at the curbside and they get picked up, then what happens to them? They just get stored for a while? No. The city um, works with Hoosier Disposal to transfer those recycling that recycling up to uh, the Mount Com facility on, in Indianapolis. Okay. And the one through sevens get uh, separated and bailed up and shipped out uh, accordingly from there. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, thanks a lot, Margaret. Bye. Now, Margaret mentioned number five. Yes. Can you explain what five is and what, I guess, three through seven? Yeah, well... Their plastics are very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different kinds. But generally, your most of your beverage um, and food containers are one through seven plastic, as well as other um, sacks, grocery sacks, etc. And um, the numbers dictate what kind of plastic they are made from. And so um, they have to be eventually sorted out accordingly because all the different plastics have different chemical makeup and therefore have different melting temperatures. So like a one cannot be recycled with a seven, for example. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the one and two that you take at the, at the recycling center, that's essentially the liter bottles. Right. And are there other... It's mostly beverage containers, yeah. your water okay. bottles, milk jugs, orange juice, okay. uh, detergent bottles. Okay. So these other plastics like the number five she was talking about mm-hmm. might be what, what, what kind of product would be? A lot of yogurt package? containers okay. are number five, uh-huh. uh, butter tubs. Okay. Margarine. All right. That well, kind of thing. So, uh, you have any? Uh, what? What? What do you think? What's your goal for being able to get those at the the recycling center? Well, um, we're not really on a real strict timeline uh-huh. right now. Um, our contracts um, are up around April. I mean, August. And so, what we're going to be trying to do is negotiate um, between now and then how those plastics are going to be handled, where they're going to go, how much it's going to cost to recycle them. Are we going to get any kind of rebate back from recycling them? Um, we may have to look at keeping the one and two separate from three through sevens if we start taking one through sevens. Um, and then in the meantime, because this has been something that the city started in January, um, is outside of our current budgeted dollars. And so if we have to take three through seven separate, um, how are we going to pay for the containers to keep the three through seven? So there's just a lot of like really detail-oriented stuff that's mostly about developing the infrastructure to handle um, the increase volume. Right. Okay. Now, we're not on TV, so I can't hold these things up, but we're uh, in a radio studio. You're drinking out of a bottle that yep. would be a one or a two. That's right? uh, number one, more than likely. Number one. Yep. Dasani, I assume, uh, or Aquafina. Aquafina. Okay. So everybody out there knows what that is. I've got one of those red plastic cups that you right. would see. You, know, you can buy in a, any store, O'Malley's or Kroger, uh, and I'm drinking water out of that. Is this a one or a two? Or is well, this something? It, look on the bottom. Six. It's a number six. Okay. Okay. So I couldn't recycle that. I mean, I could recycle it with my curbside, curbside. but not at the district. All right. That's right. Trying to get all this straight. I know. All right. 855-0811-877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Our guest today is Melissa Krieger-Fox. We're talking about recycling and reuse. Um, Before we, we leave some of those events, and we'll have a chance to revisit them and make sure that people know about them later. But I, I know we had a story about today's events at Dunmeadow, and, and we the headline is toward a more sustainable campus. So I wanted you to sort of address the whole issue of sustainability and how recycling and reuse fits into that. Sure. Well, the movement in sustainability uh, is fortunately really starting to catch on. And I think really to sum it up um, succinctly, it's really about trying to maintain our resources Um, Population is growing so quickly. We're consuming so much that um, there's a lot of reason to really think about um, are we, you know, really dilapidating our resources um, faster than we are able to 
they're able to catch up with us. Um, so the idea is behind the sustainability is really trying to create a more sustainable community by using um, local resources, really thinking about um, the things that you purchase, um, how you know, really conserving energy. And recycling and reuse really fit into that for two reasons. One is um, reuse. I mean, everybody likes to have new, you know, the new, the newest, best thing. And so um, in a disposable society, there's a lot of um, thought about, well, we just throw it in the trash. And, you know, if, not in, if, if, if you don't see it, you know, it's not there, you don't care where it goes. Well, the idea is with reuse is there's someone out there who can reuse it. Um, I have a TV from like 1994 that works just fine, and I refuse to buy a new one until it dies. But one of these days, um, you know, I'm going to have to replace that TV. And if it does still work, then there's going to be somebody out there who would be willing to reuse it. So reuse is um, is just that. It's, it's taking something in its form and um, then giving it to someone else to be able to use in that form. There's no real process, whereas recycling is you take an aluminum can, you recycle it, and it becomes a new aluminum can. And so the idea is um, that you use less resources by recycling and reusing, and you really think about how that fits into the big picture of be building a more sustainable community. Now, I suspect that this be, would be a popular topic. We have four callers waiting to go. Okay. Uh, but before I go to them, I want to ask about reuse and the ease of reuse. You, you take items at the recycling center. We correct? do. Uh, what kind of things do you take out there? We take general household items. Mm-hmm. We have uh, two main programs. Mm-hmm. We have a materials for the arts that's designed for schools, nonprofit organizations um, that uh, where people can come and shop and take things to make craft items and use in the classroom. And then we have general reuse um, where people can bring usable household goods mm-hmm. um, is basically what we try. Example and, of, yeah. um, lamps, toasters, okay. clothing, cups, dishes, uh-huh. okay. kitchenware. All right. We'll go to the phones. We have, as I said, four people waiting. So I hope our callers will be patient. The first one is Mary. Mary? Uh, how about Larry? Oh, Larry? Uh-huh. Oh, well, okay. That, that works for me. Sorry. (laughs) I have two quick questions. The first one is um, I recycle as much as I can. I'm always stumped about what to do with the styrofoam. I get refrigerated foods in and computers packed in and Mm -hmm. so forth. And the second question is, would the speaker please address what I think is the urban urban myth about saving uh, pop can tabs separate from the cans to give to hospitals or March of Dimes or whatever? Okay, Larry, thanks. Sure. We'll, we'll answer both those. Styrofoam. Um, styrofoam is trash. Unfortunately, um, styrofoam uh, really, you know, it, people need to stop making it, essentially, is the uh, easiest answer. We, we, we would encourage you to contact uh, your folks who you're getting styrofoam from and ask them to stop using it. There are a lot of alternative products out there now for styrofoam. The Reuse Center on South Walnut will take uh, styrofoam peanuts for reuse only, but uh, chunk styrofoam is trash. Are, what about um, fast food restaurants, which have always used a lot of styrofoam? Are some of them switching over to more environmentally friendly products? Well, Packaging. you know, again, it's uh, it's perspective, yes mm-hmm. and no. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are switching to more reusable-type plastic containers. But uh, there are so many other products, and unfortunately, I'm sure it's co- it's the cost that prohibits them from switching because now there's, like, plastic that's made from uh, corn and soybeans. It's a biodegradable type of plastic material that can be, um, you know, thrown away and uh, does actually decompose. Um, and then uh, some communities, um, some businesses are going to more of the cardboard type uh, containers. I know McDonald's switched to that a long time ago um, where you now when you go buy a Big Mac, it does come in a cardboard-type uh, container. So there is some of that going on, yes. Okay. And Larry's second question had to do with those pop top. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a that's still a myth to me, and I don't really know uh, where that came from. I know that Ronald McDonald House does collect the pop tabs, um, and I'm not sure what they do with them, to be quite honest with you. But it's funny because we do get students who will show up with all these pop tabs and want money for them. And I'm like, I don't really know where that came from. Um, but we, you know, I don't really know the answer to that question. Okay. All right, Larry, thanks a lot for the call. I'm sorry about that name error. Uh, let's go to Paul. Paul? 
Uh, yes, um, I try to recycle everything I can. Uh, the one thing I don't know about is since the landfill closed, um, I have some, um, you know, building materials, uh, say some old uh, shingles and uh, scraps of wood and that sort of thing. Uh, and I just, uh, I'm at a loss now um, that I, this is the material I would, would have in the past taken to the landfill. So what do I do now? now since it's closed. Um, is it anything that can be reused or no? Well, n- not really. It's okay. Generally, uh, you know, just scraps of lumber yeah. and, uh, you know, shingles and yeah. maybe old pieces of metal that possibly might be yeah. um, recycled. I know at the old uh, facility there was uh, areas where you could take anything metal and put it in one place mm-hmm. and... Well, probably the easiest solution for you would be to take it to the uh, transfer station owned by Hoosier Disposal and Recycling on South Wall or uh, South Thirty Seven, which is just south of our Dillman Road facility. And um, there is a, a minimum fee um, that they have, just like we used to have at our old landfill. Um, I, it used to be twenty dollars um, at Hoosier Disposal. I'm not sure what it is now. Um, but they also do have a scrap metal box there where you can pull out the scrap metal so you can do both in one stop. Okay, so that would be sort of Dillon Road and 37 South. Uh, south of Dillman Road. Um, it's about Hoosier Disposal's entrance is about a quarter of a mile south of Dillman Road on your right-hand side. Okay, I really appreciate that. You I bet. appreciate that. All right, thanks a lot for the call, Paul. And Robert is next. Robert? Uh, hello there. Hi, Robert. So you might have touched on this already. I joined you a little late, but uh, the uh, clear plastic uh, containers that one gets uh, from, like a deli, that uh, has like the kind of the top and bottom that is are the same that are on a hinge, and there's a hinge, and the deli will often put like a sticker on yeah. the top. Yeah. Yes. Um, those are recyclable. Um, they are through city curbside. Okay, city curbside, and so rinse them out and get the food out of them, and right. try to tear the sticker off. Or um, yeah, yeah, the cleaner the better. Right. Yeah, but, but they are not recyclable through any of the district locations as of yet. Okay, so put them on the curbside, cleaned, is, and uh, if you can't get the sticker completely off, it, it's right, not it, a big deal. Not a big deal. Okay. Yep. Thanks a lot. Very good. All right, Robert. Thanks a lot. And now let's go to Valerie. Valerie. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get the details that you uh, mentioned at the beginning about the the time and place for the electronics, free electronics uh, recycling day and also the organization that uh, does that. And uh, then I have one general Earth Day point, which I realize is not your area of expertise, but maybe you could address it briefly, and that is... Um, I participated in the very first Earth Day, I think it was 1970, and and there was an issue that was widely addressed then that was kind of the underlying issue of all these peripheral, you know, recycling and global warming and all that, and and you don't hear much about it anymore, and I just wondered if you could tell me why or if I'm just missing the message somewhere, and that issue is um, zero population growth. I never hear anyone mention that anymore. It seems to have sort of been discarded as the underlying issue of saving the earth yeah that's a really good question um to address the first the electronics recycling day is in partnership with a group called virtual scavengers project and they are located out of indianapolis and we are partnering them with to host that day um, at our ellettsville location on matthews drive from 12 noon to 6 april 28th only okay and as far as zero growth population, yeah, that is not my area of expertise, but I know that there are still people talking about it. Um, but uh, I think it's more along the uh, bigger picture issue. And I can't remember if uh, they talk about zero growth population and inconvenient truth or not, but I know that there are still groups who are still, pre- who are still saying that message. Well, it was a big message back in the yeah. 1970s, and it just seems that I don't hear much about it anymore. And yeah. people have lost sight of that is what I see as kind of the underlying issue of you know, trying to save the planet. Sure. Thanks for bringing that up, Valerie. We appreciate it. 
All right, 855-0811 is our local phone number, 877-285-9348 is the uh, number for outside of the Bloomington area, and you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Uh, again, today is, our guest is Melissa Krieger-Fox, who is Director of Monroe County's Recycling and Reuse Office. She's also the President of the Indiana Re- Re- Recycling Coalition. Um, if you have questions about recycling, reuse, uh, a lot of other environmental issues, please feel free to give us a call. Uh, I want to tell you that we have, we're starting to get some emails uh, piled up. I'll get to those after we take a break, but we still have a, a phone caller I want to get to. So let's go to Jenny, and then we'll probably take a break after that. Jenny? Um, yes. Hi. hi. Um, I was wondering, if you live in an apartment complex, can you call the city and have uh, you know, recycling picked up? Because you know, if you have dumpsters or something, it's really difficult to recycle. But does, if you have a you know, if the complex gets together or something, can will the city pick up recycling from a complex? Uh, no, the city won't. Uh, there's a city ordinance that prohibits uh, the city being able to provide sanitation services of uh, units that have more than four. Um, so really what needs to happen is one of two things. Um, I know that there are some pilot projects going on um, throughout the uh, city for recycling. And so you could call Hoosier Disposal and Recycling and talk to them about that. But I would really encourage you to talk to your property manager um, and property owner about trying to get recycling for your complex. All okay. Right. All right, Jenny. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, we're going to take an early, a little bit early break today. We've got uh, four emails, and I know we're going to get lots more calls after the break. Uh, again, our phone number, 855-0811-877-285-9348, and noon at indiana.edu. Melissa Krieger-Fox, Director of Monroe County's Recycling and Reuse Office, is our guest. We'll be right back. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. The Bloomington Rotary Club presents four scholarships to qualified graduating college-bound seniors in Monroe County. Applications are available at the high school principal's or counselor's offices, and the deadline for submitting applications is April 27th. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with my guest today, Melissa Krieger-Fox. She's director of Monroe County's Recycling and Reuse Office and also president of the Indiana Recycling Coalition. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348, or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. I'm going to start off with some email, uh, even though we've got people calling in again, I think. So this is a, a very popular topic today. Yes, we'll, get, we'll get to as many questions as we can. Uh, the first email says, I don't think the answer about the plastics was clear enough. Can you please have Melissa say explicitly what can be put out at the curb at home versus what can be taken down to the recycling center and which numbers go where? Okay. Um, it's... It's complicated, but yet fairly simple. Um, at the district locations, we will take one and two bottles and jugs only. In other words, it needs to have some kind of a um, like screw-on type lid. Uh, the difference is um, one. Um, there are two different kinds: one and twos. You have few, um, you have blown molded, and you have injection molded. And the kind that we're looking for are the blown molded. Um, injection molded would be things like trays, tubs, etc. So we are still only taking bottles and jugs, okay? One and two bottle and jugs. The city curbside is taking one through sevens, and you would need to really contact the city um, to find out exactly what they're taking. Uh, and their number is 3493443. 
Um, but I think it's really they're really trying to focus more on household type packaging type containers, the butter tubs, the yogurt, um, the margarine, the uh, one and twos that aren't bottles, but you can still put one and two bottles and jugs in there, uh, deli trays, et cetera. Okay. So, and I think they are taking grocery sacks now as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as taking things to the recycling center, basically it'd be your one your, and two bottles, bottles that water comes in or. You said laundry, too. Yeah, laundry, yeah. soap, soap, soap yeah. jugs. Okay. Uh, the other part of this question is what about plastic bags? Um, I believe the city is taking them. Uh, but, again, you need to confirm that with the city. But uh, we take them. The district takes them at their central location on South Walnut Street. Do uh, the grocery stores still take them? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, next question on email. Uh, this is – Actually, for me, sort of. Ask Bob Z about the HT printing a very explicit list about which plastics can be recycled where the last time the follow-up on the HT uh, to the radio program, which mentioned recycling plastics, was incomplete. I don't remember that, but uh, I'm sure you could give me a long list of what's taken where and we could put it in the paper and keep it on our website. And and I imagine it's on your website. Uh, What we collect is on our website, yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. So we'll work on that. the next question by email, several Indiana landfills have been equipped with landfill methane gas collection membranes and wells with engines and electric generators. Does this feature and the new emphasis on reducing the emission of greenhouse gases change how we should think about what things and how much we should be sending to the landfills? For example, should more food wastes and yard waste be going to the landfill now? You know, I – that's a very technical question. Um, I can definitely answer one part of that is should we be thinking about what we send to landfills? Absolutely. Um, I think what the question is really focusing on is um, there's always been an emphasis to keep yard and food waste out of the landfill. And so I think that what he's asking or what that person is asking is a very technical question as far as the digestion of the landfill, what kind of methane it produces. And I am not a landfill expert, um, so I really can't answer that technical of a question. Um, But I think we should always keep whatever we can out of a landfill. I mean, to me, it's like the reason why the methane generation has become so high and they've developed the technology to recapture the methane and to use it is because we're sending way too much stuff to the landfill to begin with. And so, I mean, the reason why it's reduce, reuse, recycle is because we should all be re- be reducing what we are doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to – I've got more emails, but I'm going to go sure. back to the phones because we've got four people waiting to okay. talk to us again. So let's go to Jenny number two. Jenny? Hello. Hi. Um, I'm really calling about the curbside pickup to say that I'm so pleased that that is going on. Um, I've noticed an enormous reduction in the amount of trash that I'm putting into my trash bag now that I can recycle one through seven plastics. And I, But I didn't know about that change until quite recently, so I hope that the Herald Times will do everything they can to, to publicize that. And my, uh, then I have a quick question um, relating to that. Um, are, are the caps that are on one through seven bottles, are those also recyclable? No, the caps still need to be thrown away. Oh, they do. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you. You're oh, welcome. All right. Thanks a lot, Jenny. Uh, next on the line is Richard. Richard? Yes. Hello. Hi. I would like to ask a question about a recycling bins. Since we want to recycle and uh, and uh, it's good for us to do it, uh, I I was given one bin from the uh, recycling agency, and I need another couple really, mm-hmm. since we're supposed to separate paper from cans. Uh, what's <laughs> is there any thought of, of trying to provide more? With, maybe at a small price, or could we at least get a referral to some place where we can get uh, good ones with lids? Oh, you're looking for ones with lids. Preferably, yes. Um, are you looking for, like, the stackable kind? That would be nice. Okay. Um, I think they're made by a company um, called Tucker. Mm-hmm. And if you Google stackable recycling bins, okay, it should bring up a couple of different websites where you can purchase them. Um, as far as locally, I know that you can purchase uh, curbside bins 
by ordering through uh, your you know your favorite office supply location. Uh-huh. And then I think a couple of the hardware stores um, like Lowe's or Menards may even keep them in stock. No, they, they don't, actually. They don't I anymore. I really checked. Okay. Uh, and it seems like it'd be a good idea to, to have a, a, yeah. a local source uh, yeah. that at least if, if we're not going to be able to buy them through the recycling agency, yeah. which would be the best idea, I think. Uh, I agree. At a lower price, uh, at least have a good reference locally where we can get them. I agree. So, but I, I thank you for the uh, uh, internet uh, possibility, and uh, I'll look. I'll look for that. Great. All right. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Bill is next. Bill. Hello. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good. Go ahead. Uh, I'm on my way to Bedford, and uh, I've talked to you before. I like your show. You kind of take me there. Thanks. I've been uh, southern Bethalma County in the, in the country, and. Um, about a mile and a half from a subdivision, and the problem that we have, along with, I'm sure it's a problem everywhere, is that folks are on the way home, they like to empty their cars. And I wonder if, uh, you know, empty their cars on the side of the road, and I wonder if there's any been any talk in the state house about uh, uh, a liquid uh, c- container or refund law like, like I have in Michigan or some of the other states in the nation. So you're you're talking about the bottle bill, bottles and alcoholic beverage yeah. bottles and yeah. cans and one thing or another, right? Uh, it comes up every year at the state house and it dies every year at the state house. Yeah. It's a very controversial issue. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really ever see it going anywhere, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I'm not. It's it's a big issue. Yeah. Who, who are the Who are the? I, I wonder what uh, what other states have seen. That Indiana does not see. I don't know. What What are the two sides? It would of that? be interesting to uh, to find out what their arguments are on both sides. Yeah. Well, there are really three sides. Um, there's the collection problem, uh, developing the in- infrastructure for collection, the grocery stores, um, et cetera. Have uh, you know? It's just everybody is resistant to change. So anytime that there's a, the bottle bill comes up, you know, I think the grocery stores uh, get really nervous about, uh, well, how are we going to handle um, all of that extra traffic at our locations? Um, I think it, that there's the other side uh, that talks about, you know, that there's proof that if you have a container law, uh, there's a lot less litter uh, because people uh, collect them and get them the, the deposits back. Um, like San Francisco, for example, they have a lot of people who go out and just pick up the litter so that they can get the refunds from those bottles. And then I think that there is a third issue, which has come up recently in Connecticut, which is they've looked at actually expanding their bottle bill to, uh, and I don't know all the details, but I know it's controversial because it has an impact on the curbside collection. And so they're talking about how it's going to take money away from the community recycling uh, from the bottles and the cans, the revenue that comes in from the bottles and cans. And so it's a very complicated issue. Um, but you really, to make it work, you got to have legislation behind it and you have to have an infrastructure to handle it. Hey, Bill, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of ashamed that I'm even saying this. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I remember being a little kid in Indiana and there was a bottle bill at one point. I mean, I could, you could buy a, a Coke in a, in a glass bottle and a in a machine or any place, and then take it back for two cents. Yep. Usually get two pieces of gum or something. Yep. I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those days, and I'm not even that old, so it hasn't been that long. Neither are yep. we. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, All thank right. you very much. Thanks a lot for the call, Bill. And let's go quickly to Steve. Steve? Hello. Good hey, afternoon. Uh-huh. Um, I have questions about two disposable items. Uh, one is fluorescent lamps, both the tubes and the newer compact fluorescents contain a small amount of mercury. Yep. So I was wondering how these should be handled, especially now that more people are using them. Um, we take fluorescents at our, our hazardous materials location on South Walnut Street, uh-huh. and that is free for Monroe County residents. Okay. Uh, there is a fee for businesses, but you would need to contact them directly to get uh, that. I think it's per foot okay. um, charge for businesses. Okay. And my other question is, uh, what happens to collected yard waste, like grass clippings and twigs and leaves? And the reason I ask is um, most of that stuff can be 
composted. And mm-hmm. in fact, I'll, I will collect my neighbor's um, lawn debris and use it in my compost pile. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, I guess, part of the idea of reusing the, the stuff. And it's also more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there um, are four locations now um, around Monroe County that are doing either yard waste composting or mulching. And you can get that information on our website at mcswmd.org. And I know that the city does provide some yard waste collection, and you can contact the city at 349-3443 to ask them about that. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right, Steve. Thanks a lot for calling. I should say that that was uh, the same as one of our emails from Mary Beth. So if hopefully, Mary Beth, we covered the fluorescent light issue in uh, that call from Steve. And let's go back to another email. Um, let's see. Caller. Oh, the call. This is just a, a note. A caller told us that the UPS store in the in the Indiana Memorial Union once took her styrofoam for recycling. Yeah. Uh, well, reuse yeah, actually, reuse. not recycling. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing. I guess I should say too is that on our website very soon there is going to be um, a more comprehensive list of reuse outlets. And um, we've made a list of items um, that certain businesses like UPS Store do want. And so uh, you can check that out. Um, There are also some eBay stores around town that you might contact and see if maybe they want to reuse the chunk styrofoam. Mm -hmm. And what about the uh, Habitat for Humanity Restore? Restore, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, That's located on um, West 11th Street at the Old Stevens Honda Building. And, uh, again, I would encourage you to contact them directly, um, but they do take reusable household construction items um, um, and then a few other things. Um, They have an ongoing list of things that they do want, and then they have a selected list of things that they maybe want as needed or depending on condition. And uh, I don't know their number off the top of my head, but it it is the Habitat for Humanity Resort. And it's really cool because you can donate stuff to them, and then they um, sell it at their restore, and then the money goes to help fund the Habitat for Humanity housing projects. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. Our topic today is recycling and reuse. Melissa Krieger-Fox, director of Monroe County's Office of Recycling and Reuse, is our guest. A couple phone calls, several more email. This is an easy show for me. Let's just go go back to the phones. Joe is next. Joe? Hello. Hi, Joe. Yes, hi. Great topic uh, for today. Uh, I wondered, I have the opposite problem from the gentleman that called earlier. I'm trying to get rid of one of my red recycling ones that got all busted up in the winter because of uh, heat and cold. Yeah. And I keep leaving it out, and nobody ever takes it. So, oh, really? Where, where, yeah, so I wonder where I'm supposed to take that thing. And uh, number two is, I wondered, I've been down to the recycling center on Saturdays uh, recycling my stuff, and I noticed that there's... Uh, well, how can I put it? Uh, that a lot of the good stuff goes to the, in the back and not very much stays up front for very long. And somebody told me that that stuff is designed to go overseas. And I wondered, is there a hierarchy of preference? In other words, is it overseas first and teaching stuff and then the community gets last pick or what? I wonder how that kind of distribution works back to the community. And the other is, just the last third one quick, the Herald Times had an article, oh, a while ago about the uh, effect, um, efficaciousness of recycling. I think they said there were only one or two items that really brought in money and the rest were lost leaders. Is that kind of the way it is? It's just it keeps it out of the landfill and we just have to bite the bullet on that or or what? So Three three good questions. Okay. Uh, For your broken red bin, I would just say call the city and ask them. I'm not really sure if that requires a trash sticker Mm -hmm. um, or not. Uh, But I know that they have purchased... They've been distributing their new bins, uh, which are blue, mm-hmm. um, in replacement of old, broken red ones. Oh, okay. So Good. you'll need to just call them. Okay. Uh, reuse hierarchy. Um, partial, part of what you said is accurate. Um, we have two programs. We have um, the sidewalk exchange, which is open to the public. And then we have, well, I guess three technically, which is the hierarchy you refer to. We have the Material for the Arts Center. And then we have... Um, 
the other the only thing that really gets shipped overseas is is the clothing mm-hmm. um and and that is generally um stuff that has been on the sidewalk for a while that people don't want to take or if we just get a ton of it donated um then we do ship that to a, a, another local solid waste district where it does get bailed up and then it gets separated out. Some of it gets shipped overseas, some of it stays uh, to local, more local, and mm-hmm. then some of it does get sent to like rag factories. Yeah, like disaster relief and stuff like that? Yeah, some okay. of it does go to things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other stuff, the, generally the way we have some people who donate things who specifically want it to go for the materials for the Art Center mm-hmm. because that stuff gets distributed to um, other local nonprofit groups who have wish lists or need things. Okay. Um, and then whatever doesn't get filtered through re- the the material for the arts will go back out onto the sidewalk. Okay. Some of the stuff just completely stays on the sidewalk, um, and and it is such a popular program um, that it, stuff, good stuff, goes fast, mm-hmm. really, really fast. Okay. And then what about the third one? The the like the recycling? Do you, yeah. Do you really make? I mean, the, the financial, the of, financial yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. Well. That is a complicated question. The answer to the answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely things that are worth more money than others. Um, metals are worth right. more now than they've ever been. Right. Um, so yeah, we're making some money on the on the uh, metals, um, but we do have to pay a process. We have to pay transportation. Mm-hmm. We have to pay a processing fee. And then there it gets marketed, and then we do get a fifty percent rebate um, on. Everything but the glass. The glass is a total, complete loss at this point. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, what about newspapers, though? Don't people recycle newsprint? Oh, yeah. We get a lot of newspapers, a lot yeah. of newspapers. So, so, so we get a 50% rebate back on um, mm-hmm. anything above and beyond the cost to process and market those materials. Right. So some the processing is more, and others uh, you make money because there's a demand. Right. So, all right. Great. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. All right. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Let's go to Pat on the phone. Pat? Hello. Hi. Yes, uh, I'm returning to the uh, styrofoam issue. Uh, Since they said the city was accepting numbers one through seven, I believe, and I have styrofoam trays that have a six on the back of them, so I had been putting them out for the city. Yeah, you'll have to call the city. I don't know. Oh, okie doke. Great. That was my question. Thank you so much. Thanks. Sorry. (laughs) Bye. All right. We have about 10 minutes to go in the program, 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. Um, going back to the email. Uh, this was just a comment. Somebody said that a while back um, he or she purchased several Tucker recycling bins at Menards. He or she thinks might have been Lowe's. Anyway, okay. That's, Great. At least at some point you could get them there. We don't know if you can right now. Um, Here's an email. It says, I'm so glad this program is on today. I was removing the caps from the plastic bottles. But what about the little plastic rings left on after the yeah. bottles, uh, after after you open them? Do they need to be removed? No, don't worry about that. Um, they'll get removed at some point. Um, the, the issue with the caps really for us is more about the compaction. Um, they're not – the caps are not recyclable. Um, but uh, for us, because we compact the plastics, if the caps are lit, left on – it can create they basically they compact better without the lids on um, but definitely take the caps off if you don't mind the pr- plastic rings don't worry about those okay and another email that says does the city have a site where an, uh, an avid gardener can pick up grass clippings to recycle as mulch in her garden I used to drive around subdivisions the night before garbage day collecting what bags of grass clippings I could find I never have enough grass clippings yeah I don't think so um, I'm I'm fairly certain that the answer is no, that the city doesn't have a place to do that. Um, but again, you might go to the district website, which is mcswmd.org, and look at the yard waste and maybe contact a couple of those mulchers or yard waste composters and see if they might have something. I have to you know, comment, though, on Bloomington's reuse culture, that she went around and picked up grass clippings from that were put out for people to pick up, for the, the collection guys to pick up. You know, that happens every spring and fall when IU students come and go. People mm-hmm. go around and pick up couches and whatnot to be reused. I think it's a very cool thing. It is. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, here's another help, I, I, another help from our reader. I wanted to help out in your answer to the gentleman needing extra recycling containers. The recycling center gave me a couple of big stickers that say Bloomington Recycling with the recycling logo on them. I slapped them onto a couple of large aluminum trash cans 
with lids, and they work great. I understand that you can obtain these stickers if you'd like to use a non-standard recycling container as long as you keep the contents under 40 pounds. That would not have anything to do with the District Recycling Center. Um, Again, if that is the case, call the city at 349-3443. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it may be... That may be helpful, may not. May not. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have a couple more phone calls. Uh, The first one, I think it's Fritz. Hello? Hi. um, Hi. I was wondering if you know if there's any people or organizations, businesses, et cetera, that have looked into um, the prospect of expanding composting to more of a commercial or even industrial scale and um, looking to kind of maybe pull food waste out um, out of the restaurant industry and that sort of thing and turn it around into a compost yeah, um, I have heard of some local groups working on that issue. Um, I know that uh, Lucille Bertuccio um, has been working on some zero waste initiatives, mm-hmm. and um, she's actually making a presentation on this exact topic at the Indian Recycling Coalition Conference coming up in, in May here in Bloomington. Okay. And um, so I know that... the. It is a problem that is being discussed, and I'm not sure what kind of solution, if any, that they've come up with. Um, I know that there are some restaurants in town who do donate their leftover food waste to different composting uh, groups, but I'm not sh- I don't know the details. Okay, great. Just wondering. Right. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot, Fritz. Um, we've had a, a flash from our producer that we did have a caller that said there is free um, compost pickup in Columbus. Uh, that's for mulch. For mulch. For that's mulch. for mulch, yeah, and it right. is at, located at the uh, Columbus um, B- oh, yeah. Bartholomew County Solid Waste Management District right. over there. Okay. Yeah, and it's free. Right. Okay. They have a ton of it. Go get some. All right. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for that call and that information. And uh, we have one more caller on the line. It's Jane. Jane. Hello. Hi. Um, I I'm, came in late on the program, so I hope I haven't you haven't answered this question already. But when I separate my recycling. Um, to put out of the curbside, and they pick it up. Um, I just happen to be up one morning, and they, they put it all in one bin. So, you know, I've got, you know, plastic and cans and, you know, glass all, and then they just threw that all in one side of the truck and uh, then the paper in one of the other side. So right. why yes. am I... I don't know. You'll have to call them. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. okay. <laughs> uh, it's 349-3443. I can tell you... Um, that the stuff does get separated out uh, at the facility um, um, up in Indianapolis. Oh. Uh, the, but uh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I'm not real sure. Okay. All right. Thank Jane, uh, yeah, I know that's a question that the mayor gets asked every now and then on the Ask the Mayor program here okay. on, on Wednesdays. And I can't remember what his answer is, but he has a good answer. It yeah. does make some sense. So, All right. And we have another call. Let's go to Mary with an M. Mary. I work at the. I mean, I work uh, go into the recycling center a lot, and I notice that you have people that have orange vests on, and those people, and then the ones without the orange vest, are always so helpful. And I just wondered if those people are volunteers. The people in the orange vests. Yeah, I think that's what she wants to. Yeah, the people in the orange vests are volunteers. That's why they wear the orange vest is so that when people come in, they know that they can ask the folks um, for help that are in the orange vest. And then the other folks um, are actual employees of the districts. Generally, they do have on blue shirts. Uh, we try and keep some kind of uh, identification so that when people do come in, that they know who to ask for help. And uh, thanks for the compliment uh, as far as um, how helpful everybody is. All right, Mary, thanks. All right. Um, I have to add to that. I've said this on this program before at some time that, that uh, going to the recycling center is is truly a joy. I mean, it's one of those great service locations uh, where every time I go there, I think you know, it's, it's very easy to get in and out. People are very helpful. Um, it's just pleasant. Good. So, we like to hear that. That's my, my compliment for Thank the day. Thank you. All right. Now, we only have a couple minutes to go. And, and, of course, now we don't have any callers or emails, so I get to ask a couple questions. Great. So I wanted to ask about state regulations, anything going through the legislature this year that would be beneficial for the recycling and reuse world? Um, not necessarily beneficial. Um, recycling has been a topic at the State House this year, uh, more specifically as it relates to waste energy projects. Uh, unfortunately, there is 
a lot of movement in the waste energy um, realm right now. And uh, we've got a lot of new technologies um, coming out that are selling waste energy projects as the next big solution to the trash problem. Um, There are a lot of groups that just aren't buying into that. Um, And so it has been an issue. Uh, There is a Senate Bill 154, um, which is going to be directing the Environmental Quality Service Council to study recycling in the state of Indiana and uh, to take a look at uh, the gaps of data, what are the goals, are we meeting the goals of recycling, and just kind of revisit uh, the initial goals that were set back in the early 90s, which is a great thing. It's, it gives us an opportunity to really highlight um, how well the state of Indiana is doing, and especially, um, I would say, the Monroe County. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really been the hottest topic as far as recycling goes um, at the state house this year. Okay. Now, as somebody who who focuses on recycling or use in your job as you do, so what kind of drives you crazy about people when you see things that get thrown away? I mean, what 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 are things that just frustrate you? You think this is this would be easy for you to do, and you're mm-hmm. not doing it. Uh, well, two things. One is um, when people come to the recycling center and they put things in the wrong place. Um, that really drives us crazy because we're like, um, you take the time to collect it. You take the time to bring it in. Please put it in the right place. And so I can't emphasize that enough. Please read the stickers and ask questions and put the stuff in the right place. Um, secondly, for me, my biggest one personally is airports and airlines. It just absolutely drives me crazy uh, with the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are in and out of the airports and in and off those on and off those airplanes um, that they're just throwing away all those plastic bottles and aluminum cans off of every single flight. Everything they serve is absolutely disposable. And, um, you know, you go through security and you have a water bottle. It's half full. You chug your water, and there's nowhere there but a trash can but to throw your beverage, and it just really drives me nuts. So mm-hmm. that's my most recent pet peeve. Okay. In, a, in the last minute that we have, uh, review for us some of the events that are coming up. Yeah, great. Um, today we have in Perk at Dunmeadow from starting at 4. Um, Saturday, April 28th, we have the free electronics recycling at our Ellisville location on Matthew Drives from uh, 12 noon to 6 p.m. And coming up in May uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th is the Indiana Recycling Coalition Conference here in Bloomington at the Bloomington Convention Center. And uh, we are working with Blooming Foods to provide local organic for catering uh, for our attendees. We're um, having Jeff Regal come and talk about um, his presentation about global warming. He's been trained uh, with the group that uh, Vice President Al Gore to go out and really spread this message. Um, And then we are also hosting the National Recycling Coalition, who's going to be talking about the national rebranding recycling campaign that they are going to be kicking off in the fall. And um, you can get more information about the conference at indianarecycling.org. All right. Very efficient. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks. All right. Melissa Krieger-Fox has been our guest today. Thanks, Melissa, for being in here with us today. For Mary Catherine, who couldn't be here, producer Catherine Hageman, who was, and engineer Mike Pashkash, who was, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. 